subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, it's American Chess Day. Are you a chess or checkers guy? Well, I would be better at checkers. I think that'd be fair to say. What about you, Tommy? I'm like Chuck. I I would like to think it would be chess because that's the smarter answer, but the practical answer, the real answer would be checkers. Sitting outside at Cracker Barrel and playing with your grandpa or just playing with... I don't know all the moves anymore that the... uh, I just pretty much the pawn. That's about as far as I can That's go. That's about as far as you go. When you okay, do the queen, a queen like any like around my house, the queen can do about anything she wants. Yeah, that's, that's about how it works. I feel like that's in in most households to this point. Well, Chuck, again, we got a game tomorrow, twelve o'clock. We'll have pregame coverage starting at seven right here on ESPN Arkansas. Hit that line.com. I really enjoyed listening to Coach Kerwin Bell kind of give an outlook of his football team. What, what were some of the takeaways in the conversation you guys had? Oh, he's a ball coach. I mean, he really is. It's been a football life for him. I think that's the thing that's evident. You know, you. Um, I, I remember Kerwin Bell when he played. I did not know, very honestly, that he was a football coach. I'm going to be truthful about that. And uh, I saw him on the schedule. And as we got through the summer, I looked it up, and I'm like, wow, Kerwin Bell's their coach. I remember him. But, you know, talking to him, he's. Um, it's interesting because – I'm always curious about, you know, how people evolve in their jobs. And coaches are interesting to me in that respect, particularly guys who are my age or around my age. Coach Pittman falls into that group, and Kerwin Bell does too. Um, Because as a fan, I've watched the game change. And I can only imagine what the change must be like in the inner circle. And I'm not talking about NIL and Portal. I'm talking about how you call plays and draw them up on a napkin. And just to hear him talk about how, you know, he he was hurt early in his football career and he went to work as a GA for Spurrier. Spurrier had just gotten the job. And uh, he said, that's where I learned about offensive football, where I learned about precision. And uh, it's just kind of evolved from there. He's had success. You can tell by his personality, he's probably a pretty good recruiter. And um, he plays that us against the world card pretty well. You know, I found intriguing. I, I, I think he said this in this media availability over, earlier this week. He knows Rocket's high school coach, and he was kind of frustrated that Rocket wasn't as highly recruited in Florida as he felt like he shouldn't have been. Well, he's a wide receiver. Yeah. That was a problem. He was a wide receiver. And if you'll remember, the Razorbacks signed him as a wide receiver mm-hmm. and then moved him to running back. So, um, yeah, I mean, he slipped through the cracks, but I think where he was playing maybe had something to do with it. Yeah, and you're speaking his background. Again, the the ACL, the Spurrier stuff, here's Coach Bell on that. Well, it really started, it's funny, when I went to Florida, I walked on there, you know, I wanted to play ball, right? I was a farmer, grew up on a farm with my family, and, 
went to the University of Florida as a walk-on with eight-string quarterback, wound up getting to start there for four years. But through all that, man, it was crazy. I never even thought about coaching. I just wanted to play the game. You know, wound up playing 13 years professionally, got to college. But in my second year, I tore my ACL. I was with the Buccaneers and tore my ACL playing pickup basketball. And then because it was, you know, non-football, they released me and didn't have to pay me. And so I wound up calling Coach Spurrier. He just got the job at University of Florida in 1990, his first year. And uh, this is two years after I'd graduated, and I fell in love with wanting to be a coach. I think that's the only thing we have in common is tearing our ACL while playing basketball. But I, I just enjoyed listening to the, hey, I was a farmer, eight-string quarterback, and kind of to parlay that into all the things you just laid out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, he's a good football coach. Got a decent program at that level. And, um, you know, they're going to take on an SEC team tomorrow, and I'm sure they're excited about it. Yeah, and they, they understand the challenges of – of what that's going to be. I mean, I think tomorrow is more a lot more about Arkansas than it is Western Carolina. Absolutely. I think, I think Arkansas Absolutely. has got to take care of Arkansas. And, you know, what you don't want to see is they got to call timeout because they don't have the right personnel on the field. They can't get lined up right. You, you're, you've got a bunch of pre-snap penalties. Those, those are just a few of the simple things that Arkansas, and when I say Arkansas needs to worry about Arkansas, those are just a first of the few simple things that come to mind. Well, it's a season opener. And so there are going to be areas where, you know, there there may be some spots that you look at and say, man, we can't do that in week two. Uh, that's generally what happens in season openers. And, um, you know, Western Carolina is a good program, again, at their level. But tomorrow is about Arkansas. And next week against Kent State will be about Arkansas. Um, Kent State rebuilding. I mean, I watched them a little bit last night. They struggled. And so, um, you know, the first two weeks are very much going to be about how the Razorbacks play. And um, that's that's just, you know, <laughs> at least when I look at it, that's that's kind of the story. So, boys, does the old adage of the most improvement we'll see all year is between week one and two. Does, does that hold true this year, or is it really more between weeks one and two and weeks three and four? I don't know, because I'm not sure that we're going to see, well, I, I, I am certain we're not going to see the level of competition the first two weeks that you're going to see in week four. I'm sure of that. It's going to be probably a level up in week three. So I don't know that we'll know about the improvement. You know, that's a cliche. And yep. Sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. But um, obviously, when you look at the schedule, it's going to be later in the month before we get a true feel for how good this team is. I did get it. I find it interesting. KJ talked about it. Rocket talked about it. Coach Pittman talked about it. Them not getting off to a fast start. And Pittman saying we started after restretching that we started doing more quick things, more physical things to kind of acclimate him. Because if you look at last year's games, they did not most of the time have a good first quarter, first possession. Maybe you'll see a better outcome tomorrow at 12. Well, I mean, the first possession's important. Uh, you can win or lose regardless of what happens on the first possession. But I hear you on that. It'd be nice to have a fast start tomorrow. That's for sure. Um, you know, just like I, you know, we were talking earlier about Florida. And a lot of people ready to write Florida off after last night and getting getting beaten pretty good by Utah or getting, getting handled. Didn't, didn't look well. But, you know, what happens in your first game doesn't necessarily determine your season. And I don't know. You know, if Arkansas looked bad and Arkansas somehow just – lost the game which we don't suspect is going to happen or come close to it you know maybe it does change your entire outlook but even if you win by you know multiple touchdowns i don't know that that you know means you're going to win nine or ten ball games either so i mean yeah. i just think you got to get in that third and fourth game before we can really 
really know what you got. Well, I think with the way the schedule is laid out, yes. Now, I think in the case of Florida, I think they know this morning there is a lot of work to do. That is not a vintage Utah team. They're pretty good, but that's not a great team. And they went out there, and they just couldn't do anything last night. Arkansas is going to be a little bit different. First couple of weeks, um, the opponent level is going to be a whole lot different than what Florida faced last night. And that was their backup quarterback. Ken Rising is out there. They went by four touchdowns. It's a different Well, game. maybe so. I mean, uh, now look, in defense of that, those quarterbacks, I mean, Utah dropped two or three passes when they could have blown mm-hmm. that thing open. and I mean, turned it into a route in the first half, and they couldn't get out of their own way. So that's why I say that's not a great Utah team. They're good. Probably win the Pac-12 if they can beat USC again. But um, Florida's got troubles. All right, we got plenty of calls, plenty of text to get to here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Again, our number is 877-377-6963, where Eddie in Clarksville is waiting this morning. Eddie, good morning, my man. Man, I tell you what, it's starting to move, starting to heat up inside me now because tomorrow afternoon, at noon, the start of the season, that bell is going to be ringing. And here's a wonderful thing, fan base. Here's a wonderful thing about passion. It exists within your heart and soul. And here's the thing. In 1984's Final Tap, I don't know if you know who they are, the heavy metal band 1984 release movie made the band musical superstars. You know what? They had a song, Break Like the Wind. And here's what's wonderful about it. You know, tomorrow, inside that stadium, we can send our passion, passionately, with our hearts into the air. Echoing to the night for the start of football season. And you can do that, fan base, because you know what? We're going to have players with absolute doubt play passionately. And you're going to see it on full display. So I'm not Rick Flair. I'm not the nature boy. But, woo! Spinal Tap's the worst movie of all time. I just got to Phil made me watch that for halftime homework. I don't. I don't know about the band itself. I hated every second of that movie. But I feel like Eddie again does it with Queen right there. Um, have you guys seen Spinal Tap? If I have, I don't remember it. Chuck, have you seen Spinal Tap? Yeah, way back in the day. It didn't make an impression. No, it's not a. It's I'm not, not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it did not make an impression on me. Maybe it's a different genre, a different time, but it just did not. Uh, well, it was those hippie kids back I, then. I know? guess, man. I guess. Those long hair. Don't trust any of the guys. Don't those trust guys. Long hairs were watching movies like that yeah. back then. Don't trust guys Smoke, with. Smoking the lefties. <laughs> don't trust guys with, uh, with long hair at that point. Chuck, we, we were asking some of the, the guys again that we want to see. I, I got asked about Jacoby Criswell more this week. Then I got asked about Malik Hornsby at all. And I, I know we've talked about, again, KJ, the offense executing and whatnot. But has that been the same thing that you have been asked about as Jacoby Criswell? Like me and Tommy seemingly have? Well, i got to be honest. No, not quite as much. Um, you know, the backup quarterback's always a fascination. And um, we are fascinated this year, I think, as a fan base because we feel like we've got a better quarterback behind KJ and maybe even an heir apparent. I think that's one of the reasons people probably talk about him maybe than they did Malik is that I think when Hornsby would play, you knew that, hey, there was a chance he might score on the next snap. But I don't know that anybody really looked at Malik Hornsby and said, he's the next quarterback after KJ. You know, when KJ's done, we're just going to hand the ball to Malik and everything's going to be fine. I don't know that people felt that way, to be real honest. 
And there's a sense that Criswell may be that guy. Now, I say all this with the full knowledge that all these people that ask you about Jacoby Criswell, not a single one of them seen him play. Because he hasn't played. And so um, there's always that fascination with the backup quarterback. He is good. He may be the heir apparent. He may be the guy next year. There are a lot of signs that say he will be. But this is KJ's team. You know, this is KJ's team. And here's the deal. KJ wants to play in the National Football League next year. And as my partner Gino Bell said, he's not going to want to come out of any game because he's wanting to play for real money next year. Mm -hmm. He's not wanting to come out of any game. He's wanting those numbers. He's wanting the whole package. So I'm excited about Criswell, too, by all accounts and what I what what I've seen. I mean, he, he's he's got a cannon now, and I think he's going to be a good quarterback here. But this is KJ's team, yeah. not this year. What you would love to see by the end of the year is he is to KJ what Tyler Wilson was to Ryan Mallett in what twenty ten, I guess. So that's what you'd like to see is because you that that's the most obvious era apparent I think we probably had in the last Well, that's what good years. programs do. Exactly. That's what good programs do year after year after year. Every two or three years, you've got the heir apparent waiting, yeah. and most people know who he is. Um, that's, that's, that's what you got to have. The problem in today's football world, though, is the heir apparent generally goes into the transfer portal because can they can play elsewhere well, right away. We, we have to give KJ credit on the fact that, again, he comes in as a true freshman in 2019. 2020, you think he might be the starter. They bring in Franks, and he sits out basically all year until the Missouri game. So I think you have to give him credit there for sticking around. Tommy made a good point there about um, the quarterbacks and uh, the longevity. I remember when Matt Jones played here. You guys do too. We couldn't sign a quarterback to save our lives because everybody knew he was going to be the starter. And sometimes when you've got a guy entrenched, it's hard to go sign a great quarterback because he wants to play now. And I think the fact that they've gotten Criswell in here um, and I know it didn't work quite the way he wanted it to at North Carolina because he got behind an NFL guy. Two. You know, that's what happens sometimes with these great players. They get behind NFL guys, and, 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 and you can't move up. And so um, when you've got those guys, when you've got a guy that everybody knows is going to be your starter, it is tough to go sign him. So I'm glad Arkansas has gotten Criswell. And my guess would be this next recruiting cycle. You will hear more and more about big-time quarterbacks considering Arkansas because they know the job's up for grabs. They know that K.J.'s not going to be back. And so um, give them credit. Give Criswell credit. And yes, give K.J. credit. He could have left, absolutely. But here's the deal. I mean, you got to have somebody waiting in the wings, and when you got a two- or three-year starter, that's a lot easier said than done. But, boy, as a fan, when there's a succession plan, and you know after the season who's going to take the snaps in spring and the, in the following August, that's a lot more comforting feeling, that's for sure. But it's a very rare feeling. It is because anymore. Again, because, again, if you've got a guy who's been a two- or three-year starter – it's very, very rare to have an heir apparent. Very, very rare because you can't sign him while he's there. Well, you're right. And that, that's really been a bigger change in the last three to five years. 
Maybe so. Yeah. Certainly with a portal. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 with all the, you know, there's a bevy of quarterbacks now that are coming out of various parts of the country. They've all got gurus. Uh, they 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 spend twelve months a year throwing the football, yeah. and so they're just more of them now. KJ was out in San Diego earlier this year with one of the I can't think of the guy's name, but one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So. Hey guys, let me pause just for a second. Talk about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. If you're in the market for a home, I want you to listen to me. Does your realtor, when you've bought and sold, does your realtor sit down with you and go over the plan? Let's say you're selling a house. Does your realtor sit down with you and say, all right, here's how we're going to do it. This is my plan to sell your home, and this is the price that we're going to sell your home for. If they don't, generally there's two reasons. One, they don't have a plan, or two, they don't want you to hold them accountable. The line of communication is vital when you're dealing with, in many, many cases, most cases, perhaps the most money you've ever spent. When I partnered with them to buy and sell, I can tell you the lines of communication were open every day. Pros have command of the situation, and that's what they had every time that I had to deal with them, or got to deal with them, I guess would be the better way to put it. That was my experience, and I think that's going to be your experience, too. They've got an office in Fayetteville, they're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, they're in Branson, and you can always log on to WikerGriffin.com. We were talking about Kerwin Bell's offense earlier. There was a really funny story. Have you guys heard the Andy Reid story that he shared this week about taking the play from a janitor. You guys heard that audio yet? Tell me about it's it. It's fantastic. Here is Andy Reid earlier this week on the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long talking about where the origin of one of his plays is from. I took one from a janitor one time at Green Bay. I mean, I just, <laughs> no, I, you got to tell me this. Well, no, we had a janitor. It was a mom and pop uh, group that cleaned our facility forever, and then they were game day. And, you know, this guy kept telling me who's a, he was the owner of the company, the father of the, the family, and he goes, I've got this play for you. And he he kept telling me this over and over. Finally, I said, okay, here's a card. Draw up the play. And he drew up the play. I go, dang, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We called the play just before halftime, and it scored. And he starts hitting his wife, and he's going, that's my play. That's my play. And she's going, yeah, right. Yeah, sure it is. His wife didn't believe him, guys. But evidently, again, a janitor called up a play, and that would have been when Reed was the OC under Mike Holmgren with Brett Favre at quarterback. But, I mean, that's one of the most lethal offensive coordinators in the NFL, and evidently he's willing to, willing to learn from anyone. Well, a guy had he, uh, caught him at the right time, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, took his shot. I mean, well, I, I wonder what the play was called. Did they come up with some name? that a name uh, specific? Yeah. That would, that would, it would have a custodian or janitor or something yeah. tied into the name of the play. Maybe it was something cheese since they're up there with the Lean, Green Bay at some point. Something. I don't know. Yeah. You've got to have some kind of creative name for a play like that. Lambeau is a place I'd love to, to get to at some point. It's just hard to with football season. Back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline where Razor Bacon is with us. Razor Bacon, what's going on this football Friday? Good morning, gentlemen. The time we've been waiting for is finally here when all Hog fans do the Woo Pig cheer. The first two games will win by the mostess. We'll eat those cupcakes like they're made by hostess. <laughs> Week three brings in BYU. They battle us hard, but we win by a few. At this time, we'll be 3-0, and and some fans will have visions of a New Year's Day bowl. But not so fast. Week four's in Death Valley. We hate, we hate LSU more than the red states hate Cali. <laughs> we valiantly fight, but in the end, it's the Tigers, not the Hogs, who get the win. Then we go to Texas for a home game away from home. We lose to the Aggies in the Jerry Dome. Week six, we're back at home, a-hopping and a-hippin'. 
as we beat the Rebels in Coach Lane Kiffin. Then we head to Alabama. Their five stars are too much, but Nick's outcoached by Sam. With Mississippi State, we find their weakness. Their biggest one is that they're Coach Leachless. Week 10, we finally quiet some haters as we travel to the swamp and we beat the Gators. Our record now stands at 6-3, and three, some sand others pleased. We avenged last year's loss to Liberty with a win against two frees. By week 13, KJ and Rocket will be stars as we beat Missouri in the Battleline Trophy's ours. When all is said and done, we'll have nine wins, though I might be looking through a Razorback lens. Three strikes. I'm out. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He does that stuff on the fly, too. He makes it up. Yeah. He, he, he got up 30 minutes ago and just jotted it down. Yeah. I've heard him on, I guess that's the same guy that calls into Ruskin. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's very clever. good. First time Whatever. he's called in here. I was well done. He got up early to yeah. do that this morning. Very well Might done. Might have to play that back at some oh, point. I bet Razor Bacon doesn't sleep a lot. I don't just think so. Just a hundred. What do you say, nine yeah. and three? Is that what he ended it at? I could live with that. You think? I you, actually, you know, if, if, if I was going to start pulling numbers out of the air, I might be in that neighborhood. You think Ty could, what would be the odds that Ty could write a poem like that about the season of that length? I can write a rhyme wow. anytime. I'm a poet. I didn't know it, man. Come on. That would break the bet, Saracen. I'll put it that way. It would just, just break the whole operation. Yeah. The odds would be such. It would be such in favor of me doing it that no one would bet the the no aspect. Of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come you're on, man. You're known for your literary I thought, skills. I thought this was supposed to be a good teammate business. What, yeah. what happened to making funny? What's the deal with making fun of your teammates' well, intellectual abilities? Come Some, on, man. Sometimes, sometimes the content has to come first. It has to come. Yeah, that's, I've heard that, too. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com. Dot com to get 50% off thanks to Hit That Line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. 
So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. See the phone lines as we go to a little south of Little Rock to Ryan and Hot Springs. Ryan, welcome into a football Friday, my guy. Hey, man. Ain't it beautiful? It's a beautiful day, man. It really is pretty outside right now. Hey, check. I want to say thank you for reeling, reeling back in, but that was that was getting off the train tracks quickly. Well, everybody's got to have a roll. Sometimes <laughs> I got to reel it back in. <laughs> but uh, well, I wanted to uh, make a comment about uh, Kai and, and remind him uh, what uh, LSU's uh, team looked like last year uh, during the first game. It was just god awful. So before you get too carried away about the sort of team, just give it a little time. We'll see what they do. But I, I will say this, it does not look, look good. But I will also say this, a little caveat too. Do not do not underestimate not wanting to be the first Florida team to lose to Arkansas and Florida. Especially, it depends. I mean, that's going to be a telltale sign if they're, if they're struggling. Whether or not that team is going to play for Billy Napier, whether or not that team fights for him. That, that's going to be a big a big key to that too. So just just – Keep that in mind too. But, there were uh, those say, black uh, uniforms too, in 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 honor of uh, I think veterans. If I remember that right, so it'll be the first time they've donned black that night as well, or that day, whatever it is. Right. The, I will say this though, I'm so excited for tomorrow. I'm ready to get this day rolling. Uh, I got a little personal big news. I, I told, kind of teased it the other day. All the reason why I chose to go to this game is because we're we uh, we're getting ready to buy a house. Well, we have closed on the house. We're just waiting to. Uh, just waiting on delivery and all of that. Uh, we're, moving, we're basically trading the one we got in. So anyway, so that was the reason why I cho- chose the game we're going to. Is so it wasn't going to be in the way of of that whole situation. So, uh, but uh, I'm excited about tomorrow. Um, and then uh, it's going to be a good weekend. And don't get to watch some football after the game. So, hey, if, you, if you need any help moving, um, don't call us. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I want... I want it done right, so yeah. Well, they, no, they call Ty. I mean, Ty's your guy. Then. No, I think I'll pass. Love yeah. you, Ty. Bend, bend, bend at the knees. Not, yeah. Don't use your back. Yeah, no. that's the way. Well, Ryan, thank you, Ryan. Congrats, uh, and again, have fun at the game tomorrow. And congrats on buying the house. I got a call from my realtor yesterday, and I, we were looking at our schedule. I'm as Chuck is, as you are, booked out through the end of the year. I have something every weekend through the end of the year. So it's gonna have to good wait till, and bad all at once. It's gonna have to wait till 2024. It looks like. Let's talk to Philip, who's in Centerton, going north. Philip, welcome into the Morning Rush, man. I'm McCarty Daniel Hotline. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I watched the game last the uh, or, I mean the uh, the Nebraska game last night. The Minnesota Nebraska game last night. And you saw the typical thing with Nebraska. Is that is that a is that the players from last year? Because you know they had an issue. Nebraska had an issue last year with that same issue of uh, coming out strong. 
kind of can't can't close it out. Is that is that you know? Do you give him time to probably bring in his players to have a more middle status, or is that just way? Is that Nebraska football? Well, you know what? If you want to look at Nebraska in a nutshell, it's probably the football program and university that has taken the biggest dive in terms of prominence of where they were at some point in time. From being nationally prominent to, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but they're turning in that direction. Now, Matt Rule is a good football coach. You win 10 games at Temple, you're a good football coach. You won 11 games at Baylor, you're a good football coach. He's not going to solve that thing in year one. And it, I just... I mean, that's a, that's a proud state, as Arkansas is. It's the only state that really resembles you because it's one team, one program. I don't know if it's ever going to change, but, again, losing to Minnesota close last night, I think it was 13-10. So I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of that. Did y'all watch any of that game last well, night? Well, you know, the issue there, again, is when you can't score, everything else, all your other deficiencies seem magnified mm-hmm. because you can't put points on the board. That happened with Florida last night. It happened with Nebraska. Um, they've just not been able to recruit over the last 10 years. They've just not been able to recruit at the level they were once able to recruit. Uh, you know, they uh, the game's changed. The landscape has changed. It did not help them on the field when they moved to the Big Ten, although um, it certainly helped their coffers, that's for sure. But um, they've just not been able to get a good quarterback. You know, they've been uh, – uh, you know, they – when you look back at their success in their really good years, I mean, they recruited nationally, and they went and got good players. I mean, they went and got good players in California, and they were just able to do that year after year after year, and um, they've just not recruited over the last decade at the level they once did. Could you even describe them any longer as a sleeping giant? They're a traditional power. I don't think they're a sleeping giant. I I'd agree. No. I think I don't I don't I I wouldn't put him in that category. I like how Chuck framed it before. And you know how we talk about Arkansas having deficiencies in high school recruiting compared Nebraska's worse. Like as a state Arkansas has to compete against some of the best recruiting grounds in the country. Nebraska pound for pound is worse as a recruiting whole state. So it's even more difficult. And you mentioned the biggest, probably the biggest aspect is moving to the Big Ten. That killed them. Not in terms of the money that you were talking about, but in just who well, they competed against and just has not gone well, basically, for the most part. That's part of it. But I will tell you, in Nebraska's heyday, they would have competed very well in the Big Ten. There wouldn't have been any problem. In fact, they would have had Ohio State and Michigan shivering in their boots. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Because there was a day when Nebraska was as feared as any team out there. But there just weren't as many good teams back then. Oklahoma and Nebraska ruled the Big Eight. They ruled it. And, um, you know, that it was just a different era. But the Big Ten magnified some of their problems. That's for sure. But you got to remember, they fired Frank Solich when he went 9-3. and three Because he wasn't living up to the standards that Tom Osborne set. And ever since then, it's been a tough road. You know, they, uh, they've made some bad hires. Uh, it didn't work out with Mike Riley. And, you know, they just, you know, when you make the wrong pick sometimes at a school like that, you pay for it. And they paid for it. But I don't know. I, 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 you know, again, when I look at them, I just see a team that can't score. And when you can't score, nobody's going to be happy. 
All right, so let's talk about some more games last night before we jump into Arkansas football. Utah beats Florida 24-11. We've talked a little bit about that. One of the opponents you'll play next week, UCF clown Kent State beat them 56-6. They covered on the Bet-Sarris and that. We were talking about that a little bit, how big of a differential that was. Yeah, they, uh, I think it was 28-3 to at halftime. They scored 28 points in each half, and... Um, Kent State's evidently rebuilding in a major, major way. And um, I was surprised when I saw what the line was in that game, to be honest. But, you know, clearly UCF's a whole lot better than Kent State. North Carolina State beat UConn 24-14. Uh, Missouri beat South Dakota State 35-10. to And then Tulsa beat UAPB 42-7 to last night. So, again, the notable score, the one in-state school that – actually competed last night but the biggest game again was what happened in salt lake city between the gators and the utes last night as utah did it without their starting quarterback cam rising so again an opponent you'll play next week and an in-state opponent we got to a little bit as well we do have some good college football games on this weekend most notable lsu at florida state in orlando that should be a lot of fun but back to the the arkansas game the game that everyone cares about in little rock tomorrow at 12 you got a chance to hear from from zach williams and leak Chavis on just kind of what it means to play in Little Rock. Here was a guy from Ryzen, Arkansas, a kid from Little Rock, Arkansas, coming back to War Memorial. I mean, everything coming from Fairview at the play War Memorial. I live in Southeast Arkansas, so like a lot of my family and friends have been a chance to make the four-hour drive up here. You know, I played there since I was a real little kid. Every time you step on there in a different type of jersey, it just it just means the same. It might sound weird, but one more, it just has a different smell to it. I don't know if it's a locker room or something like that. And you see that one more thing, like you know what I mean, business. It's like everybody in that town or in that city, they'll be at that game. This is like the original Razorback Stadium, like everybody thinks about like, I so I was talking to a El Dorado kid about this yesterday. Is this still a big deal in 2023 for these Central Arkansas, Southern Arkansas, Eastern Arkansas kids? Do they still have that same juice to play in that stadium than they did years ago? Yes, I believe they do. Um, now, obviously, you're not going to win a game with, you know, just your in-state guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody else got to be playing at a high level too but yes i think it means a lot to them because this is where state championship games are played um you know when you're a high school football player in arkansas you know i would equate it to in college baseball hey let's go to omaha you know if you're a high school football player in arkansas we want to go to little rock we want to go to little rock play in that stadium play for a championship and let's be honest the the best players in the state that end up playing for the razorbacks Oftentimes, their teams are good because of them. And many of them do have an opportunity to play in that stadium. Not all of them, but it's the ultimate goal. And I think that also, too, um, you know, we do take for granted, and we shouldn't, but we do take for granted that everybody can just drop $1,500 on the weekend and head to Fayetteville and watch a football game. You know, we just take that for granted. And the vast majority of people can't do that. And there are a lot of them in Ryzen, Arkansas that can't do that. There are a lot of them in Clarksville, Arkansas, Fort Smith, Fayetteville. Pick your spot. There's a lot of people that can't do that. So my guess would be that for a kid like Malik, uh, he's probably going to have more people from Ryzen, Arkansas, watch him play in Little Rock than he will in Fayetteville. 
just because they can drive up, watch the game, drive home. It's not a – you don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. I don't know how else to say it. You don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. So, yeah, I think it's a big deal. I think for those kids it will always be a big deal. I, I Not for us, but for them, yes. We talked about it a few days ago. That was always the prize for any high school football team was to end your season mm-hmm. at War Memorial. So I, th- I, I think for every NK, in-state kid it's – Still special. I wonder about this team, though. There was, there's 38 newcomers on this team from a lot of different walks and backgrounds, and 38 of them are going to begin their career as a Razorback not playing in Fayetteville, the stadium they practiced in some, the campus they've been on for, for weeks now, for months, going back to spring. They opened their season there. I just I, I just wondered if you crawled in their head what that mindset's like. Oh, I think they'll be okay. You know, they're, uh, they're you know, hey, they'd go out to Fayetteville High and play. I mean, they're just ready to play, and um, they'll be fine down there. This will be, you know, it's not going to be the most well-attended game. There is a different feel. There's no question about it. I mean, there's a different feel. I can tell you in northwest Arkansas and Fayetteville, for a lot of people, the season really starts next week Mm -hmm. in terms of their planning to go to the games and their tailgating and all the things that they do around college football. Now, they'll watch the game Saturday. They'll be front and center. They'll analyze every play. But for them, you know, being a real going-to-the-game kind of fan starts next week. It's the de facto opener for many. So, So, you know, but still, I think they'll – I think they'll play well, and I think those kids from Arkansas are still going to be excited, and there's going to be a lot of family members there, and I do like the fact that it's at noon. Uh, Caller said something earlier about how you can watch all the other ball games, but I do think we'll have a lot lot of Arkansas kids with families there, and I think the noon, noon kickoff probably benefits all of them. I had someone mention this to me about the defensive line. So, Chuck, you, you were talking to Coach Bell on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast, and they're going to try again, go fast, sling it quick, do as much as possible. How do you balance debating about the defensive line if the passers are too quick to get to the quarterback or if they just dominate a lesser FCS line? Because that's all we've heard about this offseason, how good the defensive line is. What do you take away from tomorrow's game? Oh, I think the biggest thing you want to be able to do is get pressure on the quarterback with your four down linemen. Um, I am not one who believes that sacks are the end-all, be-all when it comes to stats, mm-hmm. when you're determining what kind of pass rush you have. Um, you know, They're going to throw quick. Uh, they're going to run a lot of screens, bubble screens. They're going to throw to the edge in a hurry. Uh, you may not, be able to, may not be able to get to the quarterback in terms of getting a sack. But the biggest thing when you play a precision offense, when you play a timing offense, is throwing their timing off. You know, changing a step making them throw a half second before you want, blocking their vision, Um, things that don't add up to sacks, but they can add up to incompletions, they can add up to pick sixes, uh, and they can add up to incompletions. So all of those things are part of a pass rush against a quick passing team. If you are basing how good the defensive line is on how many sacks they're going to have, that doesn't always tell the story. We did speculate that Coach Kerwin Bell was going to play two quarterbacks. He solidified that yesterday when talking with you. We've had an open competition, and they've both been back and forth. It's been great, great competition for both of them. It's got both of them better. But we'll, we'll start cold. 
we'll start calling this Saturday, and uh, we'll probably play Charlie also. So they'll both get in and play, and, and we'll go from there. What does that do for defense, Tommy, for Travis Williams having a game plan for two guys instead of one? Well, not, you know, they've got film on these guys, and I'm, I'm sure there's some differences. I, I can't sit here and tell you which one They're is. They're going to run the same system bet, either way. Yeah, better than the other. I'd, I, I'd, I'd just be making it up. But, uh, again, I go back to what we talked about at the beginning of, of, of the show this morning. This is a lot more about Arkansas, and if Arkansas can can do its base stuff and execute it well, I think everything will fall in line and and add up to a win. So it's it's really about taking care of your stuff. Yeah, let's not break this down like there's two top ten teams playing. That's not what's going on here. Um, Arkansas should be able to win at the line of scrimmage. If they don't, that's a bad sign. I'm just going to tell you, if they don't win at the line of scrimmage tomorrow, that's a bad sign. I think they will. And uh, that, to me, is is um, probably going to be the greatest indicator of how things may go this year. And that may not be from play one. I mean, winning at the line of scrimmage becomes evident in the second half. Oh, the that's when you break their will. Right. I mean, so just because you don't see it in drive one, series one, that you're blowing them off the line. Now, if Arkansas is doing that, it's a good sign, and it's probably uh, going to be a long day for Western Carolina. But that's not what I expect. That That is a process where you wear them down over the, the course of several possessions. No doubt. And, um, and we'll see if they can do that. Yeah. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Arkansas officially announced its non-conference schedule for basketball. We knew a lot of these thanks to Whole Hog Sports, but guys, they've laid it out. We've talked about some big-time matchups with Duke. You get Oklahoma in a neutral site in Tulsa. Uh, you get Lipscomb in North Little Rock. You're going to play Memphis or Michigan in the battle for Atlantis in addition to Stamper. It's a great non-conference schedule. I know not all of them are Bud Wall and Arena, but... I cannot wait for basketball yeah. season. We're getting closer and closer. But the fact that you didn't matter what you got Duke November 29th, that makes up for anything else you're playing or in the non conference. Right. You know, and, and you know, I know that wasn't included in the season ticket package, but season ticket holders will be happy regardless of who else is on the home schedule. And you're right, it's a great non con schedule, guys, but that Duke game makes up for anything else you think is lackluster. And the SEC home schedule, Chuck, is loaded too, just the only bad part is you don't get bam at home you got to go to tuscaloosa again <laughs> you're you're uh i guess that's five under eric musselman yeah it seems like we always end up playing down there at coleman coliseum uh always works out that way yeah, yeah it's an interesting good. non-conference schedule i mean you've got the first four games or monday friday monday friday you got two friday games before football games on uh saturday um you know it's it's just kind of uh, the way i read the schedule there is not going to be a basketball game the weekend of December 2nd. 
if this is the final form, um, and I guess it is, because the non-conference schedule has been finalized, there's um, not a game on December 2nd. So maybe Arkansas will be in the SEC championship game in football that day. <laughs> they're planning on it. But yeah. if they're not, um, you know, that's 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 one thing I noticed. That would be a weekend <laughs> with without a basketball game, and I don't know that I can all, ever recall a weekend well, in December yeah. without well, a basketball well, Ty, game. Ty has already gotten you and him a tea time for that weekend, yeah, just in case. Oh, man. Uh, uh, well, so you no, can spend some time together. I was going to ask you, Tommy, what do you think Chuck's going to now – Again, great chance you end up in Atlanta, so Chuck's going to have to work that weekend. But if Arkansas doesn't make it to the SEC championship in football, Tommy, what do you think Chuck's going to do that weekend? I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Sleep? Be, no. I, I it, And this is just a, a twist of stroke of luck. I have a family wedding that day that I was actually going to have to miss a basketball game for. So uh, it worked out pretty well for me. Now, it's already understood. The wedding's in Atlanta. So uh, <laughs> it would work out very well yeah. if we'd play the football game. I could probably make both and make everybody happy. Yeah. So the golf with Ty is out then? No, we're not playing golf that day. No, it's okay. I'll fly to Atlanta and we can get around in early. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll even pay for it, man. Think about that. Free golf with me and you get yeah, to go you know, a football game and a wedding and golf with Ty. I Whoa. don't know that there's enough hours in the day. That's a full day. That's a, you know, that's a morning rush prize that a lot of people would pay for. There's no question about it. Uh, women's volleyball team dropped a, their series against the Badgers last night. Not as competitive as it was on Wednesday night. They got beat in three sets. The soccer team, though, they did win. They won 5-2 to two against Milwaukee, who was previously undefeated. So those were kind of some of the on-campus events here in Fayetteville last night. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 Sparky. As we do every single Friday, we had some college football picks last Friday. We got some big-time picks this Friday. We welcome in our friend Sean the from The Fence Man. Sean, welcome in. It is Football Friday. We're one day out from finally seeing this team play in War Memorial Stadium. Arkansas Razorbacks. You excited? I am super excited. It's time to waste a full Saturday watching football. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it a waste. <laughs> I'd call it a great no. investment of your time. Uh, it, yeah, it is. It's, and uh, your caloric intake. So. It, yeah, cal- highly caloric intake. <laughs> you guys lot, have, lots of potato chips. Y'all have shared with your wives the from now until mid-February, Saturdays and Sundays are off for chores, right? And weekend trips and getaways. I'm just getaways. telling you, and Chuck talks about that wedding. You have to have a license to get married. They should not. You, you, you shouldn't be allowed to have a, 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 a licensed wedding on a Saturday between now and and Thanksgiving. But why are all the weddings in the fall? I mean, right, and they're on Saturdays. You That's cooler. Games, it's and cooler. It's, it, yeah. it is, it's cooler, I, but it's, it's also inconsiderate. It's cooler, <laughs> or, or I thought you said it's cruel, or crueler, or whatever. Well, it may be cruel, cruel. but instead of cooler, it may <laughs> be crueler, yeah. Um, There's been many reception. I've been watching TV and not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it. All right, let's get into it. It is our Fence Man Friday. Fenceman Friday Picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. Let's start in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Tar Heels are taking on the Gamecocks. Gamecocks are a two-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. It's a really good quarterback matchup. I'm going to go North Carolina 
in this one, guys. I think they cover the two-and-a-half-point spread, and they are favorites in this one, Tommy. I like South Carolina. I like the momentum they built off of last year. I like the quarterback battle edging their way. And they're catching two-and-a-half points. Give me the Gamecocks. What do you think, Chuck? South Carolina. I think South Carolina's got a chance to be the surprise team in the East this year. I got. I had them at third. What do you got? I'm going to go with you guys, South Carolina. All right. I'm on an island with uh, Drake May and company. Hopefully he comes through for me. LSU against Florida State Sunday. This is a huge game. The Seminoles are two-and-a-half-point underdogs in this one. This could derail LSU season, or at least the eyes of some. Tommy, does LSU... Get this done. Do they cover as two-and-a-half-point favorites? Give me LSU, and I'll lay the points. It's a great quarterback matchup again between Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis. Chuck, I'm going to take LSU as well. That's a tough one. I mean, uh, I'm going to pick LSU. I um, I could see it being a one- or two-point game. Yeah. I think two-and-a-half is a fair spread, but I'll pick LSU to cover. Ooh, Sean, here's your uh, chance. I, you know, you, know, I you was, want the island life here? Well, I wasn't going to go LSU, but I just like, I'm not going to go with the crowd. I'm going to go ahead and be oppo of you guys, so we'll just roll the dice. I like you know, it. So I like it. It's playing for points, not so much for the best team. I respect yeah. it. All right, Arkansas, guys, is a 34.5-point favorite against the Catamounts of Western Carolina when they step foot in a War Memorial Stadium tomorrow. Tommy, not that they don't win, but do they cover against Western Carolina? No, I think Arkansas wins, and they win by multiple touchdowns, three to four touchdowns. But 34 and a half, that's a ton of points. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a devastating win, but uh, 34 and a half is a lot to swallow. I'll, I'll go the other way. I've got Arkansas winning by 31, so I don't think they cover. They're close, but I think it's four touchdowns and a Cam Little field goal, Sean. So I do not have Arkansas covering. I'm like you guys. That's a lot of points. I'm, I know our Razorbacks are going to win, but that's a big spread. We're going to get – to go to Fort Worth for Chuck. Chuck, you got Deion Sanders in Colorado. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. There's no comparison. I know. That's the point. There's no comparison. You got you to gotta give me a comparable game where somebody's laying about 35. <laughs> Is this a horrible FBS game? Don't be throwing that stuff at me. Pull up the app real quick since you're... But do you like prime time? Do we like you... prime this weekend? If I was if 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 I was going to pick that game, if I was going to pick that game, I would take uh, Colorado in the points. But I'm not picking that game because that would not be competitive balance. <laughs> All right, what's another horrible game? Do we, do we All got right, anything close by? Ball State against Kentucky and Lexington. Kentucky is a 26 and a half point favorite. That's, well, that's the closest close you get. All right, I'm going to go with Ball State. There you go. Ball State to All cover right. against the <laughs> the Wildcats and Mark Stoops and company. Devin Lear, new quarterback for Kentucky. We'll see if they do this season. So that is your Fence Man Friday picks. I'm a, Tommy, you think Dion covers tomorrow? What's the line? 20 and a half. Chuck cuts you off before we got that. No, 20 and a half's too many, too. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can 
get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So you look at Sam Pittman and this football team, not just last season, but his career at Arkansas. Guys, I found it interesting. And this is, again, kind of a pretty known thought. When you win the turnover battle, you have a great chance to win. You know Sam Pittman's undefeated here at Arkansas when they have won the turnover battle? They won all five games last year. He is 12-0 and when, this, when his football team wins the turnover battle. Last year, they were 69th. In turnover differential, it's not bad. It's not great either. But I just kind of found that interesting looking at what Arkansas has been under him. They win that. They're going to win the football game. I would imagine the vast majority of coaches have a really good record in games where they've won the turnover battle. Those are those are things that decide a lot of games. I mean, they really do. And, um, you know, if, uh, if you give it away, particularly in our league, there's a pretty good chance that the other guys are going to take advantage. You mentioned the one of the things you were talking about, Chuck, is when you break a teammate's will in the second half. You don't always see in the first half and the second half. When Arkansas is leading after the third quarter in games, they were 6-0 last year. Pittman is 17-2 when leading after the third quarter because a lot of times they just run the ball on you and you don't, you don't have time to catch up in that situation. So get Arkansas success. When Arkansas is down, in games, not that they can't win, just a little more difficult. But that's the recipe, and hopefully we see that starting tomorrow where you just get up early, keep on running and going. Well, you know, when you run the football, you know, when you are a team that takes pride in being able to win at the line of scrimmage and run the ball, in an ideal situation, by the time you get to the third quarter, or the end of the third quarter, you have broken their will. You know, if, if, if you're a running team and you've got the lead at the end of the third quarter, you've either broken their will or you're in the process of doing it. Doesn't mean you'll complete the task, but most of the time you do. So uh, if Arkansas has got the lead at the end of the third quarter in any of their games, I'll take my chances. I mean, and, and you can say that pretty much about anybody. But given the Razorback style of play, um, I think it makes it even more so. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see how Dan Enos manages tempo. You know, last year, Arkansas, in the last few years, Arkansas Won't would, be get, as fast. would yeah. get the lead but would still run at the same, run plays at the same pace and tempo. I think it'll be more methodical. So when you do have that, that, that lead by two, maybe three touchdowns, or you feel like you, you're in command at least of the game, maybe not con- control, I think they'll they'll use the clock to their favor more so than Kendall Bryles did. Yeah, I think they'll. Uh, you know, I I think it'll be a different pace. I don't think that um, we'll see you know quite what we've seen. Although I do think there will be times when they go fast. You know, I think that particularly because he was here before, we tend to compare what Enos may do here to you know what he did eight years ago or nine years ago. So. 
Um, I think there will be points where they go fast, but I do think the tempo will be different than what it was under Bryle. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chuck, because Cody Kennedy was asked about the pro-style offense and seeing more of it, and he kind of alluded to the Super Bowl this past year with Mahomes and Hurts. He's like, those are both pro-style guys and, and playing in the quote-unquote pro-style system, but I think we anticipate, or at least some anticipate, that this is just going to be a under center 24-7. Enos, if you watch his pit stops, not just at Arkansas, but new wrinkles at Alabama, new wrinkles at Maryland, new wrinkles at Cincinnati, new wrinkles at Miami, he caters to his quarterback's talents. And so I, I don't think that it's going to be strictly under center. We're going to see a variety of different packages and sets from this football team starting tomorrow and the rest of the way. Oh, you'll see zone reads. You'll see all kinds of stuff. But there will be things under center as well. And so, um, you know, when you talk about a coach that's well-traveled, you coach different types of players, I'm sure, in all your stops. I don't think Dan Enos has coached a guy that's got this combination of size and speed, running ability. Now, he's coached better passers. He's maybe coached a better overall quarterback. I don't know. But just this combination of physically what K.J. brings to the table. I mean, you got a guy that you can do a lot of things with, more than you can just, you know, your average quarterback for sure. Yeah, And, you know, you talk about pro style. I think the term pro style has changed. But I think what is clear based on the recruiting, based on bringing Criswell in, based on – who they're not recruiting, KJ is the perfect mold of what Sam Pittman wants moving forward. I mean, I think I think we've seen it in the personnel he's brought in. I don't think it's just, hey, we got this guy and he's turned out to be what he is. I think that's the kind of quarterback Sam Pittman wants three years from now, five years from no, now. That's, not just that's the model. Yeah. That's the model. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. I mean that's what everybody wants. Name the last standstill quarterback that's won a national championship. You can't. Well, there aren't many. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't do it. I mean, Stetson Bennett, mobile guy. Joe Burrow, mobile guy. Maybe Mac Jones, I guess you could say him. But if you go down the list of previous quarterbacks that have won natties, mobile, athletic, guys that can throw it and run it. So that's just, again, that's not just in favor. Like you're saying, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and I, I just think, I think if, you, if you're a quarterback out there that, that can't excel at doing both, it's... You know, it's hard to get the job anymore. Well, the defenses are just so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the linemen are so fast, and the linebackers, everybody's so fast now in the game that you've got to be able to escape that. I mean, look at some of the big plays the Razorbacks had last year. They involved KJ. You know, they involved KJ breaking tackles. And you've got to have the ability to get away from those guys because everybody's got people that can rush you. Well, I, I think it's nice when we talk about KJ, and I'm thinking about this last night with Florida fans that are apprehensive about the rest of the season because they don't trust Graham Mertz. They're they're not solidified at the quarterback position. You think about Ole Miss, who, to my knowledge, still hasn't named a starting quarterback this year. The schools that Arkansas plays, the fan base and even the coaching staff to a certain extent are unsure of your quarterback. That's not a good thing to have heading into a college football season. Well, you don't have that issue. LSU doesn't have that issue. Mississippi State doesn't have that issue. It's nice to not have this unsettled rest around the fan base when, as long as KJ doesn't get injured, that's the only thing you're concerned about. It also depends on your schedule. If there was ever a year for Arkansas to not be settled, and they are this year, it would be with a schedule to start the season with the first two games. I agree with you in principle, but... Sometimes that just also depends on who you're playing your first game or two. Hey, one thing we need to bring up, when you talk about getting settled, that, that, that sparked a thought with me. Um, you know, we need to get this offensive line healthy over the course of the next three weeks mm-hmm. before we head down to Baton Rouge. 
um, you know, there's – I guess there's some real question about Latham. And does that mean you move Braun over to the left side, move Crawford up? Tom was talking about this some yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're focusing again on the guys who are going to touch the ball, and that's understandable. But when you talk about an area over the next two or three weeks that you really need to shore up, I think it's that group. And, um, you know, as, as I said yesterday, I, th- I think if there's one thing that I think is really important, Saturday is that you get a push with those guys. You know, if you can't play Latham, well, you can't play Latham. If you can't play Manuel, well, you can't play Manuel. Um, you know, but, you know, you got to be able to get a push up front. But to me, when I look at it, what's got to happen over the next two or three weeks, let's get all those big horses up front ready to roll because you're going to need every one of them yeah. down there in Baton Rouge. And figure out what the how the pieces to the puzzle go together because it looks like you got, like, nine guys that they can – use at some point this year that they got to get them all healthy well most of the time when you look at a team's depth chart on the offensive line there's one or two guys there that aren't going to play you know there's one or two guys that they're they're there because they got to put somebody on the depth chart but if one guy goes down people start moving you know like for example i i i guess when you look at you know arkansas's depth chart right now and you get behind brady latham you know arkansas in that spot you know, if they were to have to go to someone right there, Josh Street's the next guy up on the depth chart. Well, Josh Street's a good player. Josh Street's gotten a whole lot better. But if Latham can't play, in all probability, they're going to slide Braun over and put Crawford up there at the right guard. So there's lots of different combinations. There's, there's, there's lots of ways you can do it. I don't know that you're going to have eight or nine offensive linemen who can play. I, I just really don't know if, 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 if you're going to be able to do that. But, but you've got to have seven or eight, you know, and you've got to have some guys up front in all probability that can play more than one spot which I suspect we'll see happen this weekend. I think uh, Amari Wiggins is another name Coach mentioned uh, at the uh, the left guard position. He's gotten more play. He's gotten more name recognition for a backup offensive lineman than anybody in the history of Razorback football. And they really want him at center to be be able to back up there. He can play guard, too. He can play guard, too. He'll be all right. You brought up Devin Manuel and Brady Latham. Some of the other guys I had jotted down that I don't know are going to play tomorrow are, I almost said Will Greer, Jordan uh, Greer, linebacker, I think it's Jordan Greer, Chris Antonio, Poop, Antonio Greer. Greer, Chris Poopal, uh, Malik, Malik Chavis, I think is going to be fine. Deshaun Stewart didn't sound like Coach was too confident on Wednesday that he's going to suit up with that heel issue. I think Jaden's going to be okay, but I had those are some of the guys that I had jotted down that I'm curious to see if they end up playing in the first game. You don't need them necessarily, but just a handful of names that curious if they end up suiting up or not. Well, I mean, some of them you need. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you don't need them um, because you need them out there. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned Deshaun Stewart's name. I don't know if he's going to play or not. But, um, you know, you got plenty of guys there. These are, um, you know, I think every injury, you know, if these guys can't play, if Greer can't play, I think they're going to be fine there. I think Paul and Thomas and Crook, they'll be fine there. Um, some of the other spots too. Just again, for me, it's 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 about the offensive line. Uh, that's that that's what you've got to get settled over the next two or three weeks. So how are you feeling? You got everyone names down? Hometowns, favorite foods. I mean, how, how are you feeling about tomorrow's game, Chuck? I don't deal with favorite foods, but I've got everything <laughs> else down. Yes, good to go. What is it like for differences between Little Rock and and Donald W. in terms for you? Nothing. Same thing. 
No, there's no difference. I mean, you're in the booth. You got a headset on. You got a ball game to call. It doesn't really matter where you are. It really doesn't. I, I enjoy games in Little Rock. I like the fact you're a little bit lower, which is good. But now nah, there's no difference. Yeah, and I, you know, I, there's always been a good tailgating atmosphere. That's one of the traditions. Well, I think that's one of the reasons we've held on to Little Rock as long as we have. I know. There's several I've, I've read on Facebook, I hate to call them commercial operations, but people that are trying to throw on larger events and sell you a ticket to come to their tailgate and uh, the old Jennings-Osborne deal back in the day. We'll, we'll see what the, how that goes with the earlier start. But I think fans are going to be excited uh, to be there. And I, I know it's, it's always fun. The, the golf course isn't what it once was because it's not the golf course, but there's still usually a pretty good atmosphere regardless of crowd. I think there will be a decent atmosphere. I mean, the tailgating at War Memorial Park, there's kind of taken on, you know, it's like mythical. <laughs> um, and um, it's not quite like that anymore. No. I mean, it's just not. It, it, now, there was a day, you know, there was a day when it was. But um, there'll be better tailgating for the Kent State game than there will be for this game. And there'll be better tailgating, certainly, for the BYU game than there will be for this game. I mean, you know, just the time of day. And if, 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 you're, if you're only going to have 35,000, 40,000 people in the stadium, you're not going to have a better tailgate than you're going to have if you're going to have 65 or 70. I mean, I'm not knocking anybody. I, I think it's great that they're doing it. But... I mean, it's uh, that's 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 not a reason to play a football game. The best will be BYU early because of the six thirty start. Yeah. People will have all day to build up and get there. A noon a noon start, eleven a.m. start. It just that's a tough menu, boys. I mean, it's a. I mean, no one really wants to eat egg casserole at nine thirty in the morning. I think there will be fewer fights. There's always a fight. Oh, the together. fights were the, be fewer fights. fights were the best part, man. That was one of the. the I never. Someone was would always get the video. Of the oh, it was big great. Fight outside the stadium. It was always great for whatever reason. I, it's always and to be honest, I mean, listen, I've been critical of War Memorial times. Tailgating War Memorial is better than Fayetteville. Not this year because you don't have a game. It's twelve o'clock compared to what you would at night and the juice. There was a LSU. time when it was. Yes. I don't think it is. You no, know, it's not anymore. But again. Back in the day, it was, and it wasn't close. To be honest, it was not close. You can't play Western Carolina. And no, get that you can't expect that. No, no one's. And honestly, Kent State won't provide it. BYU will be better. Um, but then you, you know, I don't know. Mississippi State so far off. Who knows what things are going to be like then? Well, it'll be a no head in that game. <laughs> coming back, coming back home. I hope you're right. Top five team in the country, maybe one at that point. So, on the subject of War Memorial, I was kind of jotting down some games. Some I watched in person. Some I watched the replay of. Some I saw. Do you guys have a game that you vividly remember that was your favorite, specifically from War Memorial? Probably. There's, I was. I was not there for the uh, Miracle on Markham, one or two, but uh, probably the one where you closed them out, closed out LSU to get to the Sugar Bowl would be the best win. I mean. Probably the most vivid memory would still be that dead gum trend in holiday, you know, 06, just, just yeah. flashing well, your dreams in 06. But. The two best wins of all time were when they beat USC in 1972 to open the season. That was a USC team that ended up winning it all. And, you know, when they, uh, uh, you know, when Ar I lost my train of thought there for a minute, when Arkansas beat Texas A&M. I was there December 6th, 1975. I was in the opposite end zone. I was a kid, 13, 12, 13 years old. And um, Texas A&M was ranked number two. And they were loaded 
with NFL players. I mean, loaded. Lester the Molester. I mean, they had guys that played in the NFL for a long time off that team. <laughs> the guy's and, nickname uh, was Lester the Molester? Lester the Molester Jeez Hayes, man. Please. Well, it, it wouldn't fly today. Yeah. But, you know. Well, it, it's not because of what you're thinking. You guys have dirty minds. But at any rate, Arkansas won that ball game 31-6 to and ended up going to the Cotton Bowl. And uh, they won, uh, won over Georgia in the Cotton Bowl. And uh, those, if you want to talk about in my mind, the two best wins that Arkansas had at War Memorial Stadium in terms of quality wins, those would be them. I had one of these kind of stood out to me as being Texas back in 1979. Well, over in when Texas was number two, you were number 10, so it was a, a top 10 matchup. I was there, Miracle on Markham, when Matt throws in that back side of the end zone when Matt threw it to DeCorey. It was there in 2010 when Ryan did it, but what as far as the, uh, the block in the rock, Carlos Hall. Oh, I was, I was one, man. Daniel Weaver, a sophomore from North Turtle Beach. He is six of seven for the year. I was Blue in the stands for that one. They brought in a ranked team that year. Yeah. And uh, that was a big time. Again, beating your, your former coach was was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was uh, full house that day. I I want to say that was – that occurred – I mean, I don't remember the, the start time, but that was – you know, it was like almost sunset when that, that occurred. It was an afternoon right. game. Yeah. I remember that. I remember – an afternoon game. I remember sitting – I was behind the South Carolina bench when uh, watching that play, so – how dejected did they look when they... Oh, Lou Holtz, was, I mean, just had his head down. I mean, because he, he, you saw him head out the other way to, work to, the, to the tunnel. Yeah. Another another good one was 98. When you're down against Kentucky, you come roaring back, and they have a couch throws that a one over the middle at the tail end of the game, and you just see how mummy on the sidelines just almost fall to the ground. Well, it was David Barrett's interception return for a touchdown down the sideline that changed that game. I mean, that was uh, that was the biggest play in that game. Tim Couch, uh, man, he was good as a college quarterback. He was good. That was a big win. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.